Is building trust something that's incredibly important for you and your nonprofit team? If it is, stay tuned. If it's not, then you might want to stay tuned as well because trust is incredibly important in your nonprofit team. And if it's not on your radar, you probably want to put it on your radar before it's too late. Today, we are going to talk about five ways to help you build trust with your nonprofit team. Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. This is the final episode in a series of episodes that I've been doing around trust building. And in episode number 53, we talked about why is trust important? I'll put the link to all of these in the notes in case you missed any of these. But what I reminded you is without trust, it will be hard to get followers. And without trust, any of the followers that you do have probably aren't going to be very engaged. And the reason that is, number three, is because your workplace may not be psychologically safe. They not they may not feel comfortable sharing, engaging, putting themselves out there, which is what we talked about in episode number 54 with Ruth Ann Weeks. What is psychological safety? Why is it so critically important? And how do you build it? Last episode, we talked about what really is trust, because I think sometimes we think trust is just something that we sort of tell our team and we you know, do a few things and they should trust us. It doesn't quite work that way. Trust is a feeling. It's something you feel, not something you say. And it's not something you feel necessarily, although you need to trust yourself before other people are going to trust you. But it's something they feel. And it's a result of your behaviors and your actions. Second thing we talked about with trust last week was that trust is built brick by brick by brick. So all of your behaviors and actions add up to build that feeling of trust in your team. And something you do, say, an action, a behavior, can make that whole block pile tumble down if you're not careful. The other thing about understanding what trust is, is trust is sort of situational and it ebbs and flows. I may trust you today, but not tomorrow. I may trust you this morning, but not this afternoon. And that can be on a variety of things. Maybe, you know, something's happened or maybe I just know that you're more engaging in the morning and the afternoon. I also may trust you to be there and care and support for me, but I may not trust you to fight for our wages. So all of those things combine to make that feeling of trust. So now we know why trust is so critical, how it impacts psychological safety in your organization and why that matters, and then what trust actually is. Today, we're going to talk about five things that you can do to build trust, because it is something you absolutely must work on, you must focus on, you must make sure that it is something that is an intentional action that you do in your, you know, planning how you interact with people, planning your activities, planning your engagement, planning the training you're doing, all of that. You need to have that element of, am I building trust? Is the actions I'm doing, the interactions I'm having with my my team, the stuff I'm learning and how I'm growing, is it developing trust? So we're going to talk about those five things that you can do to develop trust. The first one is, is that it that you need to lead with integrity. Integrity is that you walk your talk, you do what you say you're going to do, your actions align with your what you say, your values, your ethics, your morals. If you say one thing and do another, 
trust is broken. If you imply something and then don't follow through on that, trust is broken. So your integrity is your character. It's how people describe you. It's your reputation. What are you known for? Are you known for digging deep when it gets really hard, persevering, and making sure that stuff gets done on time? Or are you known for perhaps being, you know, taking forever to make decisions that you just kind of hem and haw and then people never know what to expect? Are you known for snapping at people when times get tough? Are you known for really caring for people when they're going through something? All of that is your character. It's your reputation. And that feeds into your integrity. Do people see you as leading with integrity? Are you honest? Are you uh, authentic? Are you showing up real and genuine? Or do you come on with a sort of facade? Or do people feel that sometimes you show up fake or that you're putting on airs? How do you show up? Your integrity matters and it, and it matters a lot. And it's what's going to have people follow you, get behind you, be a part of your movement. Integrity, that honesty, that respect is the number one thing people want from their leaders. So if you want to develop that sense of trust in your team, ensure that you're doing the work to lead with integrity. Part of that starts with understanding your values, your ethics, your morals, beliefs. What hill are you going to die on? When you say, I'm here for you, what does that mean? When you say, I value honesty, does that mean you're going to be honest all the time? Or are you going to uh, tell a few white lies? Uh, is it okay for you to maybe not share fully the truth? What does it actually mean? In the training library, if you are a member of the training library, this, which is my membership site, I have a whole course called Verifying Values. And it is important for you to go through and not just look at what the words are, but what that definition of that value means to you. How does it show up in your life? When do you know you're aligned with that value? When are you not aligned with that value? For me, my top value is family or one of my top values is family. I want to be an excellent mom. I want to be there for my family. Part of that is work-life balance. But when my team told me I was out of integrity, one of the things that I was certainly not doing, I was not there for my family. When my family needed me most, I was off in the city at a meeting. And that's not what I said, but it's what I did. And that's what my staff seen. So my son is in an accident and I don't come home. I stay in the city for training and meetings. What, what do my staff think about that? Kathy says family's most important. Well, obvious, obviously what that means is when I have a family crisis, I should think twice about rushing home and dealing with it because that's not what Kathy's doing. And so that's what we're talking about. Do your values align? Do you, do you say something and then do it? Because that's what integrity is. So the number one way to build trust in your team is to lead with integrity. The second way that you can build trust in your team is to lead with competence. If you are not skilled, if you don't know what you're doing and you are scrambling and floundering around, there is no way your team is going to trust you. And they know if you're faking it. They know if you are hoping nobody notices that you don't understand. And again, I will tell you, this is what happened to me when, when my staff identified that I was out of integrity. I had stretched into this new role. I was learning what was going on. I was trying to figure out systems. I was trying to figure out the politics of what was happening. I was trying to figure out the actual, how are we doing this work? 
And I didn't know it all. And so part of that was that A, I wasn't leading with integrity because I was telling them I knew it all and I didn't. And B, they could see that they didn't necessarily trust me because I didn't have all the answers. Not that I needed to have all of the answers, but I pretended I need I had all the answers. And so I had to really quickly get up to to par on what's going on with this contract, what's happening politically with with this this sector, what's happening with the new systems we've put in place. How are we dealing with the um, people we're collaborating with to serve our clients? All of that, I had to learn and grow and develop. At the same time, I had to develop myself. I was in a at a new level. I don't know if you've ever heard the term new level, new devil. Every time you grow and expand, you are faced with new challenges. You hit that sort of imposter syndrome, like, what am I doing here? Who's going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing? And you have to get on top of that. You have to build the competence so you can exude confidence. If you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to be confident. Figure out what you need to learn and get on top of it because that's going to help people trust you. Build your competence so that you can feel confident. The third way to build trust in your team is to lead with servant leadership. Your job is not to have a bunch of people serve you your job is to serve the people doing the work. And they're going to trust you more when you say, what do you need to do to your job? How can I help you do the work that you're required to do? What is it you need from me? How can I grow you? How can I develop you? How can I mentor you, support you? What goals are you working on? What resources do you need to do your job? Where are you out of balance? And how can I help you realign that balance? What's going on with your clients, your programs, the communities you're serving? How can I help you? That's our job is to help grow our team so they can excel. We hired them because they knew what they were doing. We hired them because they had skills. We need to continue to build on those skills, build on those strengths, support them to excel and do their job. That's how they're going to trust you. If you were there you know, sort of up in your ivory tower, delegating and telling everybody what to do and, and telling them when they're doing wrong, they're going to feel very inadequate. They're not going to feel like you are there to grow and develop them and that you care about them. What we need to do is serve them. Understand that they're the ones doing the work. They're the ones meeting families. They're the ones going into the to do the shift at the group home. They're the ones raising money. They're the ones doing the work. Your job is to help them do that work and to serve them and figure out what they need to do their job better. Do we need to collaborate better in the community? Do we need to take some training? Do we need to balance caseloads? What is it that I can do to support you and help you in your job? That's going to build their trust. So make sure you're leading with integrity. You are a competent leader. You know how to lead. You know the, what you need to do and serve them. Those three things are going to lead into the fourth one, which is really about caring for them. Lead with that compassion. Lead with that care. Lead with, I see you as a human being and I'm here. I understand that. And so I think one of the mistakes that we make in this area is we think that means we say things like, how was your weekend? How's your family? And those are incredibly important. Don't ever stop doing those things. We need to lean in and see them as a human being who has kids and a dog and their husband goes to work and 
whatever's going on in their life. But caring about them also means that we listen to them. We hear their ideas. We listen to their concerns. When they have a client concern and we're, you know, rushing off to the next meeting and we just kind of overlook it, that doesn't feel like we care about them. You know, if you are a worker and you are struggling with a client issue, or maybe you're struggling with a peer, or maybe you're struggling with a, a funder or somebody in the community, and your boss doesn't see that you have that concern, that doesn't feel like you have a trusting relationship with your boss. When in your when instead your boss says to you, hey, you know, I know what we talked at last supervision meeting about that, you know, person that's running that other agency, and you kind of had a rough conversation with them. How did that conversation go? How did it turn out? Are you feeling like you've worked through some of those issues? That's care. Yes, we want to know how their weekend went, but we also want to lean in and care about them in terms of the work they're doing. Help them solve their problems. Help them figure out things. Help them understand what they need to do to learn and grow and develop. See them as a human being. Listen to them. Listen to their ideas. When you're asking for input in a team meeting, don't say, I think we should do this. What do you think? Start with, hey, here's the challenge we are facing. I know this is getting in the way of you guys doing your job. What ideas do you have to work through this? How can I help you work through this? Tell me what you've been thinking about. Tell me what's been going on in your mind. Tell me what you guys are talking about when I'm not around, how you can deal with this problem. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear your ideas, your input. That's going to help you to get underneath them and make them really feel like you care about them, the work they do, their ideas, and help them grow and develop. Lead with integrity is number one. Lead with competence is number two. Lead with that servant leadership mindset is number three. Lead with care is number four. Number five is that you lead with self-disclosure. You need to be honest and open and authentic with your team. If you think about some of the deepest relationships you have, some of the strongest friends, your partner, your parents, other coworkers, you know, bosses in the past, probably where you've developed that real strong relationship is when you've had that moment of self-disclosure where you've been, you know, down and dirty and something's really tough's going on and you break down or you share a little bit about what's happening for you or, you know, some of those team building exercises where we're really, you know, working through something and we have to be open and honest with I'm not strong enough or I can't figure that out. You know, spelling grammar is not my strength. Um, where we're sharing something about ourselves. And again, I can think of times when I have sat down with staff and cried with them, shared something that's going on in my life. There was a, a time when we were doing the, um, uh, we were, there was a fundraiser happening for cancer and we were doing light up the night. And so we had this whole team, we were all in my trailer, we we're taking turns doing laps at the, uh, at the track. And it was that night that I was dealing with something incredibly difficult with my family as well. And so there was a moment where I got a phone call from my husband and I broke down and one of the team members, yeah, it's funny how it even still evokes this in me, but one of the team members just gave me a big hug and that team member is still an important person in my life today. And it's those moments It's those moments that make people stronger together. 
And it doesn't have to be a moment of um, something tough in your family. It could be a moment of self-disclosure with, you know, these. Okay, I took a moment to pull myself back together a little bit. It's funny how things like that happen. But they're important to recognize when that happens, there's something strong, there's an emotion, there's a deep connection there. And that's what we're talking about with vulnerability. But it doesn't have to be something that you share about your personal life. Share your values, share the things that you stand up for. You know, if there's something in the news, I was listening to an episode or um, video this morning that I seen on Twitter. And this girl was Val Victorian in Texas. And you may have heard this story, but she had her whole speech written as Valvatorian. It was approved, you know, and she gets up there. And it's so funny because she pulls a speech out of her, out of her bra or out of her dress. And it wasn't the speech that she had been given permission to, to speak on. What it was, was she, there was a change in the abortion laws in Texas or a change coming up where after six weeks, you would not be allowed to get an abortion, even if you were raped. And she felt so strongly about that that she used that platform as Valvatorian to give that message. And so that could be a conversation that you have in the coffee room. You know, what do you believe about what just happened there? Maybe you don't discuss whether abortion's right or wrong, but man, to have the courage to stand up. What do you think her parents thought? What do you think the principal was doing in the moment of that when she wasn't giving the speech she was meant to give? That's an opportunity to be vulnerable about what you believe. News and politics are things to talk about sometimes in organizations. Maybe it's religion. All of those things that we think are not important to talk about, those are things that we need to share. This is what I believe. This is what I think is so important. You know, we were uh, working in family support programs, so talking about parenting all the time perfect opportunity to be vulnerable about my own parenting, but also about, you know, where do you stand on these kinds of things in that have happened in the past with corporal punishment and, you know, how kids have been raised and, and what's happening generationally. Or maybe you've taken some of the training on residential schools and you talk about those kind of conversations and how that impacts you. That is that vulnerability. That's leading with vulnerability. That's sharing your values, your beliefs, your ethics, what hill you're going to die on. And so when you can share those things, or, you know, we were talking earlier about lack of competence. When you can share, I don't feel confident in this area because I don't have the skills. That's being open and honest and being vulnerable with your staff. Doesn't mean I'm not able to lead. It means I'm taking some training in this, or I need to get help in this, or I need to delegate this, or, hey, this is a, a sort of hole we need to fix as a team. How are we going to do that? That's being vulnerable. So part of it, yes, is sharing your personal parts of your personal life. Doesn't have to be that full disclosure. But one of the ways I've heard, you know, sometimes people say is just when you're having that rough day, maybe you haven't slept well, your kid was up all night sick, maybe you had a fight with your husband, maybe something's going on with your mom, your dog, whatever, you just come into work and you say, I'm not myself today, don't have the energy. Um, and that's that vulnerability, rather than pretending you've got it all together. And you are, you know, at 100%. The vulnerability is sharing, I don't have it all together today. I'm going to do my best today, but my best isn't where my best normally would be. So have a little bit of patience with me, or I'm not going to do this part of what I said I was going to do. 
because I don't have that today. That's why I'm putting that decision off for another three days because I don't have the energy to make that decision today and I really need to think it through carefully and thoughtfully before I make that decision. Honesty, vulnerability, that's what builds trust in teams. So just to recap, there are five ways that you can build trust in your nonprofit team. The first way is to lead with integrity. Do what you say you're going to do. If you say it, mean it, live honestly, eth ethically, morally, and within aligned with your values. Lead with competence. Make sure you have the skills to do your job so you're confident in what you're doing. Lead with that servant leadership mindset because that's going to make them feel like you're there for them, you've got their back, and you're helping them grow and develop to do the work of the organization. Lead with care. Make sure you care about your people. Make sure you listen to them. Make sure you understand them. Make sure you check in on them, how they're doing as a human being, how they're doing in their role as well. And then lead with that self-disclosure. That self-disclosure, that vulnerability, that authenticity is what makes you look real, you feel real, and that's what's going to build that trust in your team. Ensure that you are putting trust at the top of your list. And if you are struggling with this, come on over to the training library. There's a whole lesson this month on how to build trust in your teams, worksheets to help you do this so that you can do this work. Put it intentionally in front of you. What am I doing to build trust in my team? Are my actions aligned with my values? Am I focusing on relationships? Am I doing the work to make my team feel in their bodies that sense of trust? Because that's what's going to get your team out of survival mode, make you get out of survival mode as well so that you can all thrive in the work you do, serve the clients you serve, and enjoy both leadership, the work you do, and life. Go make the rest of your day awesome, my dear. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the training library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com slash library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome. Awesome.